Let's take the people straight back to 1999, to May, probably, probably May 1999, April, possibly, possibly late April, there you go, April. To April the 21st, 1999. April, May, whatever. Yes. I mean, at the moment, it literally does all blend into one. But um, the uh, one of the greatest games of football ever played by humanity. Football, the kind of uh, a good object lesson in why football might be worth having as a society, this game. Doesn't happen very often, but every now and again, you get a game like this. I mean, one of the first thing I would say about watching it is it, it absolutely lives up to every memory i have of oh. it and all it's a the... belting game yeah so that's one one belting game yeah full of drama goals quality excitement crowds i mean you know who knew crowds go to football <laughs> unlike the german well, we won't get into that um two which is the thing i know you want to have a go at roy Keane is fantastic I mean, and there's been a lot of talk lately about how maybe Roy Keane wasn't that good in this game and it's all overblown by history. And that talk is only talked by A, people who are crazy or B, people who haven't watched this game recently. Because if you ever want a myth proven, you know, you've got something that's in, that so much of what we understand in a kind of folkloric way actually isn't that true. The print the legend thing happens time after time after time. Here, you print the legend, you are printing an accurate review of the game because Roy Keane puts on an absolute masterclass, not just covering every blade of glass, grass, which he did throughout this period of his career. And you can sort of see why he was slightly insulted by Fergie saying that retrospectively. Um, but just the level of quality on the ball as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. I mean, we'll we'll get into it in detail. But, yeah, from... 92 when he joined the club to 2000-ish. He was a complete midfielder, a great defender and a great attacker, a great box-to-box midfielder, a great passer of the ball, a great captain, all of it. It was only in his last few years as United, a United player that he became more of a defensive player and in his sort of last year when he barely left the centre circle. Uh, but before that, every blade of grass was the normal and that was the kind of minimum viable Roy Keane product. Yeah. And, and and that's what he demanded of his, uh, his teammates at all, uh, as well. Now, there is extra in this game. It is an extra special performance because, of course, he gets a goal, crucial goal to get one back for United. But it's just that he's just, he's pivotal to everything United do all of the time. He's breaking up play and starting breaks. He's defending. He's completely neutralising Davids for the entire game. And Zidane for the first half, mm. at least, you know. And Juve change it up. We'll talk about this. They change it up to very good effect in the second half, at least for Zidane. Um, but yeah, just a great performance, captain's performance from a great player at the height of his powers. And just you know, when you watch that, it's just such a deep shame he missed that final. I mean, you know, of course he's all like, yeah, whatever. It's just another game. But uh, <laughs> but a great player like that at his peak, should be in a final. Yeah, absolutely. And it wouldn't happen today, of course. No. I mean, the ref is absolutely correct to book him. He gives him a warning early, which I'd completely forgotten about, and the commentators make quite a thing of it. And he's lucky to get that warning. That would have been a straight yellow today, for sure, the first one. 
Um, and then, you know, he just gets annoyed when he overruns the ball and he stretches himself. He has a go at Jesper Blomqvist. We'll talk about all of this as we come to it. But the, the other thing that struck me about it is I could really see why people, a certain subset of people get very frustrated with all the love that Michael Carrick got because Roy King can basically do everything that Michael Carrick can do with the ball as well. His, his recycling of possession and his short passing in this game is it's just yeah. exceptionally just never gives it away, ever. No, that's right. I mean, the, the thing, the only thing that Michael Carrick can do that Roy King can't is hit a 60-yard ball to feet. And yeah. and that may be just because Roy King's efficient and doesn't want to waste the possession like mm. that. I mean, mm. I don't know. I don't remember him hitting too many 60-yard balls to feet, and Carrick did. But, yes, I mean, look, unfair... To, to try and make the comparison, which of course of it was course. always going to do. Michael Carrick was a great player in his own right for United. For Here, sure. you had, I mean, and just to put it in context, right, this Juventus side were in the final of the year before. They actually had a very poor season in Serie A in 99 for a bunch of different reasons. Del Piero was injured, Montero was out for a bit, didn't help. New coach, well, halfway through the season, or partway through the season anyway. Um, so, it was a it was a mixed bag for Juve. They kind of focused on the the European Cup after a while, um, but it, this was a midfield with Edgar Davids, just an outstanding player. Zidane, generational. I don't know what's multi generational talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 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 Delivio Del Piero wasn't in this game. Inzaghi. Born offsiders. Well, he has such a good game in this oh, game. Oh, he had a really good game, and and he was offside like sixteen times. But yeah. <laughs> um, just a whole, you know, quality all throughout this side. Uh, yeah, obviously, and they came very, very close to 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 making a final again. But so not for, close enough for for United's context. I mean, we all know what was happening in that season, but this first leg. Um, Juve had got all the plaudits for their performance in the first leg. The commentators, I mean, we got we had Clive and Ron um, on the, on this commentary, which was which was nice. It was nice because this is Clive Tilsley's finest hour by far. It's his greatest ever night of commentary. Two absolutely stellar lines that don't just work because of the context. They they they're just brilliant lines. Both of them uh, delivered magically, as we'll, we'll come to. Um, but they talk a lot about how good Juve were in the first leg um, and how much they'd, they'd kind of neutralised United. Um, yeah, I, I actually missed, I missed the first leg because I was in Spain, in Madrid. Oh, okay. Um, and I watched it on Spanish TV with Spanish commentary on. Um, the first leg, that is, feeling extremely frustrated that United just were not in that game. And, um, you know, Juve took the lead and Ryan Giggs, I think he was, scored yeah. late, didn't he, to equalise? Yeah, that's right. And um, so that that kind of sets it up nicely. You know, you've got previous season's European Cup finalists. They'd lost by a single goal to Real Madrid. Um, world-class players throughout the team. And they'd just done United over in the first leg. So it was not given that, that United were going to win this game. And definitely not given after 11 minutes. And this is the thing, like it, it, the not given thing. This was one of the toughest tests United. Had, I mean, this is the toughest test United had faced yet this season. When we talked about the um, the Arsenal semi final, this is a much better game, and the quality in this game is much much higher than that that Arsenal semi final. 
Um, noticeably, it was interesting because they're kind of the same team, but they they play a lot better here. Um, but the the like going away to Juventus with an away goal deficient draw in the bag felt terrifying at the time, and winning this felt. I mean, you mentioned generational. This felt generational to win this game. It felt seismic. Fergie looks... Uh, everyone goes away to Juve and wins. Even <laughs> Mourinho did it. Fergie looks so nervous on the touchline here. When it starts to slip away, you can see the agony. Not another European semi-final Two loss. years before against... against was, Who was it? Dortmund. Yeah, think, Dortmund. Uh, was it, yeah. L- yeah, Dortmund or Lever- Leverkusen once as well, right? Oh, I get confused. Uh, Leverkusen, anyway. I think, was 2001. It's the Zidane volley final. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's still um, and this then time. Prior to that, also lost to Monaco. I think that was a quarter final, not a semi final. But anyway, yeah. So you can see why he's nervous because he'd come close ish to, to making it to a one off game. Uh, but, you know, big chance. Big chance team he knows it, that can do it, but a way to Juve at a ground that hardly any English clubs had ever won at. You know, massive. A m- massive ask. And so right from the off, Stam puts in a really good tackle to snuff out Ngazi. That was a battle that went back and forth throughout the game. And then Beckham does pretty well to get in a, a tackle to defend as the the left wingers flying forward. Um but United just brick from the corner, basically. They just get, they just completely buy what Zidane's selling with the short corner. They all push out too soon, leaving a gap. He whips in the in swinging corner. Um, yeah. the, well, the in swinging cross. And uh, Genev's attempt at a rugby tackle on Pippo and Zaghi is unsuccessful. Well, I mean, there's two mistakes Gary Neville makes. One, one is the short corner's played, he rushes out. I mean, what is the? I mean, he, he would be today going absolutely ballistic at a fullback. He does that. <laughs> What's the point of you being on the corner in the first place? I mean, all you're doing is potentially playing someone on side if you're just going to rush out straight away. It's not yeah. territorial at that point. You're defending that, you know, area because you're losing a zonal marker when you do that. So you have to stay there. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And I'm sure he would go crazy at himself because he's very he's very open to being wildly self-critical when he watches himself play. I mean, the the Inzaghi Stam thing is really interesting because I think actually, even though Inzaghi scores twice, Stam has the better game. I mean, Inzaghi has a lot of half opportunities, but hardly any real opportunities. Um, And but. But, 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 um, I mean, he steals away to the back post. No one, no one marks that zone. Gary Neville comes out and he's the wrong side of Inzaghi. So, of course, he's behind him, which is, you know, six yards out from goal is completely pointless. Um, and it's a complete mess, you know, and, and obviously the Deli Alpi erupts at that point and probably the only time that season it had actually been full because it never is or never was. Yeah, because the Juventus fans hated that stadium, didn't they? And they're very relieved when they moved and never wanted Everyone to Everyone hated there. that stadium. Yeah. Miles out of town, awful awful facilities, plenty of space for hooliganism and, and the police to beat you up, yeah. so um, Much better. Seconds after that kickoff, Neville puts in a, a kind of slightly messy scoop cross, but another Andy Cole near-miss overhead, two, two in two games in the ones that we've been covering. 
I mean, we'll talk a lot about Andy Cole in this game. You mentioned last time that has been one of the absolute discoveries of Game Club has been just how good Andy. Um, and yeah, this is a this is a, a a very good overhead. It's a little straight and it's fairly easy save. Yeah, I mean, in the second half, he misses an easy chance, a good, very good chance. But his all-round play is excellent again. Yeah, I mean, not only link up play with Cole, but it comes deep when he needs to, stretches the game when he needs to, plays in the channel when he needs to, and and goes through the middle. So, I think we've discovered he's an excellent player, Andy Cole, yeah. and. The, the idea that he was just some kind of fox in the box who actually missed quite a lot of chances is is completely wrong. And the 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 idea that him and Dwight York were a magical pair is completely accurate. You know, that's the other thing. That's another another kind of myth proven, really. Um the oh god, the second goal is so messy. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Just, I mean, there's a lot of bad luck in this, in the way it it loops up and over Schmeichel. It's freakish how the goal happens. In fact, Stan gets pretty close. I mean, maybe even too close, and that's why it ends up in the net, but... It's it's a nothing, isn't it? Nothing chance for Inzaghi. He's looks like Stam's running him out, and he takes a shot anyway, and gets reward for that. But you know, eleven minutes in, you know, I don't deserve to be two down. It's probably Juve's only two chances. I mean, yeah, there's there it's definitely there are only two chances, and United actually were front foot forward, and Juve looked like they were set up to play on the break, which very, very much imagine. so. And United completely dominated possession for the whole, most of the whole game, little period in the second half where we, we were ahead on away goals. Worth mentioning some absolutely classic away goal commentator chat in this. So the first goal goes in. Clive says, well, that doesn't actually change the equation much for United. They need I, to I was score. just thinking of football cliches on, on Twitter. You know, he's probably got a drinking game going on this it, one. Exactly. The thing is, the first one, fairly dramatically changes the equation because it brings into the possibility extra time and penalties. Now, the second goal really doesn't change the equation because United still need to score two goals to win the game, which they already did. So, like, that changes it less, but there's no mention of that when it goes to 2-0. Now, no, I mean, the the uh, the only thing is with one down, an equaliser... Equaliser gives United a second lifeline. But it's just one of those cliches of commentary that there's no nuance about. So, and it doesn't Absolutely. change how United are playing. No. I mean, they're going to attack. It's so funny. <laughs> they're just going to so, attack. It's so funny, isn't it? It's just like glorious, glorious to watch how ridiculously gung-ho. Once, the, once we're ahead, there's a moment where like Dennis Irwin is in the opposition box. You're like... It's beautiful. Fullbacks in the opposition box, winning in a European Cup semi-final away in Italy. Oh just... yeah, oh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's just there. incredible with about five minutes to go. But I mean, look the 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 joyous thing is that you'd see almost no teams in Europe play like this now. Just just I mean, even Barcelona would be more circumspect than throwing both fullbacks forward. And and part of the reason why there's a lot of, ooh, is he going to, there's some trouble for the defenders here, is that United go 
um, man, well, not man to man, but but basically two v two. Yes, all the time, right? So in the first half, it's Zidane and Inzaghi against um, against against Jon- Johnson and Stam, and there's three of them in the second half, and they're still defending man to man like that. So I mean, it's incredible, incredibly brave yeah. to to play like that, and they got the rewards. And and reliant on Yap Stam and both of them, but Yap Stam in particular being one of the greats in that position ever, you know, especially in this season, like he's just imperious and he has oh, yeah. to be. Look, no chance at any of today's, I mean, this may be stating the obvious, but none of United's defenders today could play like that. Harry Maguire definitely can't play like that because he would just get annihilated with pace all the time. He just can't do it. And Lindelof's pretty slow as well. Even Eric Bailly, who's the closest, I think, in physically and in terms of that turn of pace, that allows him to 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 play one v one against someone else. He hasn't got the kind of the focus and the relentlessness of Stam. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a period where United are a little rattled, and then they start kicking into gear, and it and it's York and Cole, a one two between York and Cole that. Um, ends up with, uh, I think it's the one that York can't keep down. Yeah, it's a bit of back and forth and he can't can't keep the ball down um, from the header. No, from with a shot. And then afterwards, there's a kind of penalty shout. Commentators are very big on this being a penalty. There's one replay that kind of made it look like it's outside the box to me. It might it might be and and later they're talking about it being outside the box. They just don't have enough camera angles in in olden football, do they? No. So uh, it, it's unclear. I mean, it's hundred percent a foul. I mean, just just pulls him right over. Classic Italian defending, you'd say, <laughs> there from Chiro Ferrara, um, who's not great in this game, by the way. I mean, he broke his leg the the season before and perhaps wasn't ever the same again. Um, but he he's definitely given the run around by Cole and York uh, yeah. for a lot of this game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if not penalty, then a free kick in a great position for Debex. And then uh, a few minutes later, we get a corner, and it's just very, very quick and efficient. Beckham whips in a near post cross. Roy Keane breaks from deep, flicks it on back of the net. Clive Tilsley has his greatest ever moment with Roy Keane with a captain's goal. And uh, I literally, no exaggeration, fully got goosebumps watching it and watching the Roy Keane with a captain's goal. Because, I mean, this is like two minutes after he's he's hacked down Davids and been booked, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess it must be. No, no, no. It's before. No, oh no, is it just afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's before. That, that's true. Yeah, it's just it's just afterwards. So, yes, well, I mean, look, fantastic goal from Roy Keane, huge leap and perfect header into the, I mean, it's simple, isn't it? But yeah, perfect goal for United and uh, not not even too much of a celebration from Roy Keane, just a little bit of a fist pump and he's like, yeah, back at it. Back at it, lads, and they do, they get straight back at it. Um, York and Cole with some more wonderful interplay, but then... Juve, is it Zidane that has the shot, the the looping shot? Schmeichel beating all ends up. Yapstam. I mean, uh, for those of you that play Rocket League, this is a like a Rocket League save where you're out of position and you have to drive back into the goal and jump and leap and push the ball out. Yapstam is a, a walking Rocket League player. 
uh, walking Rocket League car at this point, gets himself into perfect position, somehow keeps his composure. It's, it's a fantastic bit of defending. He's got time, but there's a lot to execute in that time. That's right, and super important. There's uh, there's York's diving header, his first diving header of the game, um, where he pulls away from Ferrara, not for the last time, and it's a lovely ball from Cole to York. We'll see that again later. Yeah. Um, and um, and that didn't doesn't quite come off. Um, and then we get Keane booked yeah. in what thirtieth minute, something like that. And he'd been warned for one earlier, like I said, he'd champed at, so he sort of chopped at someone's legs. The ref had had a chat with him. This one, Blomquist overhits the pass and Keane... Hospital ball. Yeah, Keane afterwards... Fully blame it on Jesper, which is exactly what Keane did. But actually, Keane doesn't have to make this challenge. This is not one of those times which are plentiful in this game where United aren't set. Um, There's a lot of players between uh, the Juventus player and the goal. He could have trusted his teammates to win that ball back but he just overcommits and uh yeah yeah i mean it's a horrible error um i mean i know they've now corrected this rule in in which you you will not miss a final unless you get a red card which should always have been the rule because it's a spectator sport and we're playing it for the spectators so why rob the spectators of having the great players um and it's just it's just so stupid it just runs it i mean it the, the the commentators Clive Tilsley references Gaza in nineteen ninety and it's very similar, isn't it? Lose the ball, chase after it, dive in. In this very stadium, as he said. Um yeah. Just just an awful moment. And and then and then he does start to play like a man possessed. He really does. He he kicks it up a notch. He's already playing well, but he just kicks it up a notch. And it's from this point on that he is unequivocally the man of the match. The um the equaliser or or goal that puts us ahead effectively is an excellent goal. Gary Neville with a uh Gary Neville with a sixty yard pass to feet. No, no. <laughs> he um he kinda humps it upfield towards Beckham and a lovely little laid off header from Beckham. And the first time superb cross from Andy Cole. It's it's just it's just a brilliant ball in. Yeah, I mean, who knew who knew Andy Cole could do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Clearly, we all should have known that. We all should have remembered this about him. Uh, and York with a, a fine header, directing it away from the keeper, very very elegantly places it into the far corner. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking goal, isn't it? The Absolutely. Goal and yeah, um, and Angela Peruzzi nowhere near it. Probably nowhere near most goals. To be fair, because he's like twelve. Sorry, five foot. I was going to say twelve foot. That's the wrong way around. Five foot something, um, and uh, yeah, not a great stature. And because he's replaced after this season by Edwin Van der Sar, isn't he? Yeah, it's a disastrous effect. But then he's replaced yep. by Gianluigi Buffon, and that goes all right. That one goes all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really should have the merry-go-round should have gone differently because Schmeichel's already announced his retirement by this point. Yeah. United oh. should have been convincing Van der Sar to come to Old Trafford. What I, a lot of pain that would have solved. I didn't like it when Clive said, um, oh, well, Schmeichel will just have to lift the trophy in his last game. I mean, it was quite nice to immediately see the image in your mind of Schmeichel lifting the trophy, but it was just like, too soon, Clive. Not ready to move on from Kino's tragedy just yet. Anyway, um, uh, 
Cole fires in a quick snapshot. A ball was fired in by Irwin. Um, uh, winning, winning. I, I put in brackets. We are winning a Champions League semi-final against a counter-attacking side with no keeping players back whatsoever. <laughs> Just still sending players bombing forward. Um, uh, another moment where Ngazi breaks behind the defenders and the ball finds him. He's a very bustly, annoying player. Like, like he is a better Chicharito, basically. Yes. Yes. Oh, I mean, he's not slow, which is, it's, it's infuriating, I'm sure, if you're his manager that he gets called offside so often. He's just, he's uh, just playing on the edge all the time. I mean, I reckon he'd have got a lot less goals, fewer goals, if he'd got caught offside less often. Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. He's, he's gambling on that. Probably get far fewer goals in modern football with far. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But a good save by Schmeichel, anyway. Yeah. Yorkie hits the post. Yeah. One of two yeah. times United hit the post. The Lo- inside l- lovely, of the post. lovely hit as well from the sort of right-hand corner of the boxes as York's looking at the, the keeper and low, hard across the keeper, um, well beaten. And, yeah, comes off the sort of inside of the post and unlucky. This is all still in the first half, by the way. I don't think we've got to half. I I need to start making a note of where half time is in my notes, but it's not yet, is it? No, no. This is yeah. So much action in this first half. A lot of action at half time as well because Juve juggle it all around and bring Amoruso up front and put Delivio right back. I mean, this is a straight four four two. It's Ancelotti's four four two. So they they pull off an, an effective winger and put him at right back and. Um, and then Montero comes uh, into the uh, into the back line. I mean, not considered to be fully fit, which is why he didn't start. Uh, but it kind of gives you an indication of where Juve are worried at the back and up front. Yeah. And I think now maybe we are into the second half. There's another bit where Ngazi's moment, movement... That, that, maybe your kit in the post was in the second half, actually. Um, the, near the beginning of the second half. I can't remember, though. No, that's 38th minute. Oh, OK. Oh, um, you've got... Oh, that's very uh, yeah, Very detailed ed. here. Yeah, no, Inzaghi, 50th minute, shot yeah. saved by Schmeichel, gets into in between Neville and Janssen. So, there you go. That's... Uh, always running the channels to find the gaps between either the centre-back or the uh, or the full-back and, and especially, you know, pulling out to the left and the central defender. You know, very effective at doing that, Inzaghi. Um. Bex waves an imaginary yellow card to get David's book. He gives it. He gives it the old imaginary card because David's like clatters him, but he also like massively, massively pulls on pulls off a cell job. He's like real crumpled heap, and then he's like up running a few seconds later. Um, yeah, I mean it's um, it's kind of interesting. Right at the end of the game, Bex gets what looks like a bit of a tame elbow, rolls over, clutches his face, hears the whistle, jumps up immediately, and sprints off. <laughs> I mean, he's literally saying, my face, my face, my beautiful face. This is, I mean, I mentioned this in the CL semi-final, but this is honestly David Beckham's best ever haircut. This is this is absolute peak Beckham handsomeness, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I'm sort of 10, 15 minutes into the second half, because Dan's much more involved at this absolutely. point. Absolutely. I mean, he's still not running the game as such, but he's now operating in... In out of Roy Keane's zone and in between the lines and it's harder for United to pick him up because in theory he was doing that before but he, he was basically, you've had quite a flat sort of 
you know, quite at times quite flat or or were trying to push it in midfield. Um, and Zidane just pushes much further up the pitch. Defender can't come out to meet him because they've got two up front now. But and Keane are still not really playing defensive roles at this stage. So. Um, United are kind of slightly playing on the break. Keane's absolutely fuming after Cole and York and Beckham combined, but they find him too late. And he's like, oh, first time, first time. Um, and then Jesper Blomqvist is caught on the edge of the area and United get a scare. Ningazi scores a goal, but as I've put here, he is in his birthplace offside. Um but this was the this was the point where I sent you a message, Ed, to say if we'd been have if podcast existed in 1999 and we'd had one, you would have after every game all season you would have said I don't understand why you keep picking Blomqvist every game. Blomqvist would have been the player you had an agenda against. I'm convinced of this. <laughs> well, he's he's. I mean, we've seen him in a few games now, haven't we? In this series, he's done nothing. He's- why did he keep picking him? <laughs> He's pretty infuriating, yeah. He's just a bit wishy-washy. Um, he he roasted uh, Berg once and picked him on the strength of that, I think, um, because he wasn't that expensive either. So, yeah, he gets a lot of games. But look, United are operating with a very small squad. I mean, criminally, we'd say it was criminally small. Um, but as a result, there's a whole bunch of players play over 50 games in this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's an incredible physical achievement as much as anything else, especially since... You can't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I could see the maths and be proved wrong, but I don't understand how the game is less physically intense in 1999 than it is today because these lads do not stop running. Uh, constant movement. And and here's some examples, right? So so we talked about Roy Keane a lot, but he's he's played a whole bunch of games this season and he's still moving. I mean, there's one where he, he bursts forward, he's making a third man run, gets beyond Ferrara and he's just knocked out for a corner. I mean, it's in the 60th minute. United are ahead on the tie, in the tie, or at least on the way goals. I think in most European ties now, away from home, big semi-final, your defensive midfielder, quote-unquote, would not be bursting ahead of the ball um, with half an hour to go. And then he's uh, he wins the ball back and gets the ball into the channel for Beckham to win a free kick. And so he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's doing the running, He's he's involved in every play. He's making the passes. He's getting United out of difficult situations, and he's providing an attacking th- threat. So. It's a, it's amazing. And I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but it is worth saying again that his recycling of possession, his short passing. It's not just that he always finds a man. It's just that the man he finds is always the right man, and, in, and he's always finding the man in space, making the right pass, time after time after time after time. Whether that is United in a passage play where they're dominant in possession whether he's starting a counter-attack, whatever it might be, his football decision-making, his football brain is is just perfect. Uh, I mean, and obviously, this might be his best game ever. So this is a particular... But, but you know, we said this in, in the 99, in the semi against Arsenal. There's a couple of other times we've said similar things. He, he's just a phenomenal player. Um, there's, a, there's a lovely five-minute sort of passage coming up. First, Irwin, 70th minute... Bombing forward, it just it just takes takes two players out of the game just by knocking it past them and running. Uh, something you don't really associate with Dennis Irwin, and he hits, um, and hits the inside of the post again. And yeah, then I mean, he, he, t- he turns he turns the defender, which is I guess Delivio at this stage because Birandelli's gone off. Yeah, um, 
and smacks the inside of the post. And then misses the rebound. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. It's the inside of one post and the outside net on the other side, basically. Up just before that, Skulls has come on for Blomquist and uh, in in a kind of dun, 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 foreshadowing moment. I'm just like, oh no, don't bring him on, don't bring him on, don't bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just to try and get some more. I mean, they make they go even narrower United at this point, which is kind of frees up the space for Erwin to go on that you know bombing run. But it's just trying to control midfield a little bit, I guess. I mean, especially Juve, actually a man like in midfield, you never really think about. English football versus European football being like that. But United did have the extra man at that point. And it's um, it telling, though, once again, Skull's not in the starting eleven for this game. No, I know. But, I, I mean, I think there were some fitness issues, weren't there? I mean, Gig's not in this either. He's apparently unfit. But it shows how many games they were playing. Mm, yeah. Um, anyway, he uh, just before he gets booked, there's a fabulous tackle by Stam on, on Zidane, who's kind of trying to jink his way into the area. Uh, meets the absolute man mountain that is Yap Stam. <laughs> Get past if you, uh, you know, you know the rest <laughs> you of the think song. You can, yeah. And he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't. Um, uh, Deschamps should have been booked as well, though, when Scalzi got booked. Criminal goes in knee high. They both go. I mean, Scalzi goes in one foot. It's sort of two footed, isn't it? One direct foot and then one trailing. And then Deschamps really high. And yeah, just rest the total homer. He, um, he's, he's an absolute gist of a game. But, uh, I mean, look, he, he scores to get booked for that now, for uh, yeah. sure, I think. Yeah. 99, probably more of a margin call. I think given that he does get the ball and, and gets the player with the follow-through, I think a lot of refs would have let that go. He gets the player with the follow-through, not like he clips him. He puts his stud straight into his ankle with the follow-through. So it's, no. it's I mean, no. yes, he does. I'm not having a no there. That's literally what in. happens. They're both. I mean, Deschamps clatters skulls as well. Yeah, of course. He's high. Yeah. The, the, the Deschamps. So who's the offender and who's the offendee? Uh, they are both the offender and the offendee because they are perpetrating violence against one another. Skulls' reaction to getting booked is really upsetting. Just I've seen it so many times and... It, it, he, unlike Keane, who basically just doesn't react except for shouting at Blomquist, he has that moment of realisation very quickly, Paul Scholes does, and it's it's painful to watch, um, even though we know, of course, that it it goes fine. Uh, nearly doesn't, though. Um, there's a counter-attack, and Dwight York takes the ball off Beckham for no apparent reason and stops the break. And then Juve get the ball... Flash one across the six-yard box. And I think it's Inzaghi who just can't quite get there. That one was really scary, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I see they're not out of the running for you know play, though. So Fonseca kicks one off the line, doesn't he, at one point? He's come on. Good player, Daniel Fonseca. Didn't start this game. But at this point, how many strikers do Juve have on the pitch? It's a lot. They're, they're going for it. Um, Inzaghi close, yeah, after that. Um, Johnson, great piece of defending um, a, a, after a long ball in. You've got quite direct in the last sort of 10 minutes of this game, just trying to launch it, you know. For all the talk of Zidane being this great player, I mean, I suppose he had a decent career after this. Many, many players would have just retired after getting schooled so much. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and they, um, 
uh, Michael punches it clear. It's cleared by Beckham. Keane drives forward again, involved in the action. Should have got a free kick and got United out of trouble. Not given from, by this git of a ref. Uh, Yorkie finds Cole. New sides foots it into the keeper. Soft. And then... Very soft, that one. He could have very done Very soft. A beautiful build-up, though. Fantastic interplay from United. And, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad miss from Cole. But moments later... He uh, he fully makes up for that by being in the right place at the right time, and it's full speed ahead, Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, full speed ahead, Barcelona. What a moment of commentary that is! It's a great moment. It's not a great goal. <laughs> I mean, it's just a long ball by Schmeichel, just launches it, and um, I think it's uh, Montero who can't cope with it. He can't decide whether to boot it or control it, and does neither. And it just goes to York, who who then skips past Montero again, and and Ferrara. Um, yeah, they they sort of. It's kind of a bit. It's not like he does them with skill. He kind of. It's a little reboundy, and it bounces through them. Um, and he goes down a bit soft over the keeper. I think York does. But fair enough. Cole, I mean, Cole, I think there's a lot yeah. of refs would have given that. I think Cole's bailed the ref yeah. out there. And Cole, yeah, absolutely. Cole saves a decision and a red card and all that by um, slotting home from a tight angle and. United have uh, won the game. I mean, they were already ahead and now Juve need to get two in uh, short order. Um, and actually, I think United probably have the best chance afterwards. Erwin, Erwin with the fastest I've ever seen him run down the left Great line. run, surging run from Erwin. Fine cross, Beckham hits it first time on the volley. Didn't quite yeah. connect properly, but that wouldn't that have been beautiful if that had flown in? Yeah. Before that, Zidane hacks Beckham down. Like oh, I didn't. I must have missed 100% that. Hundred percent a yellow card. That would have been. This ref's awful, by the way. Not not just because he's booked two vars and kicked him out of the final, but yeah, he's uh, he unbalanced. He's a bad human. He's a bad human. He is. Ref. Yeah. We, history. History has judged him poorly. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, he hasn't died of something an, horrible because we'll feel like bad yeah, humans. Sorry. If we've sorry been yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to his family. Um, th- another brilliant Clive line after full time. Where he says, "What do you get for the club who has everything?" It's just, it's just it is literally Clive Tilsley's. No wonder he throw him back to 1999 for the rest of his career because it it wasn't just United that peaked in 1999. It was also Clive Tilsley. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's had his moments since, or maybe his wife has had the moments since for that fine piece of actually- uh, on-camera action. Yeah, they're having a bit of a re- he's having a bit of a renaissance. Um that was that was very good. She's a she's a genuinely gifted physical comedian, which was was a surprise. Um so that's that's the game. I mean, what happens next is that United win all the trophies that are available to them because they're the best team in history. And this is my this 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 has been my favorite game to watch. It's it's kind of superseded um the Cup Winners Cup final, which I think was previously in the number one slot for for games in in game club can hardly take your eyes off it it was thoroughly entertaining united were ridiculously gung-ho and absolutely brilliant there's an insane level of quality all over the (laughs) apart from Jesper Blomqvist um (laughs) (laughs) it's a retrospective agenda slash Andres Pereira slash (laughs) (laughs) yeah late period Wayne Rooney you know um but yeah, no, just 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 fantastic, and and 
You know, if I haven't hadn't seen such riches and all that, yeah, I this know. Is, this I, know. I mean, it's look, unbelievable. It's, it's completely right because I just can't help but look at that team and go, my God, Mike. I mean, you just didn't say. I mean, I was going to say, of course, they saved it a lot in '99 and all the years after that and all the years before that, but not enough. Not enough. If I'd known what it was going to get like in 20 years time. <laughs> I would have been even more of a git about it. Yeah, that's that's a, a like we've mentioned this on the podcast before. There's a Darren Richmond tweet about like regretting not being more obnoxious to opposition fans. And and as I said to you the last time this came up, I'm not sure you get to claim that because I remember you being difficult to deal with for your Arsenal supporting friends, for example, <laughs> or any other supporting friends. Yeah, or yeah, re- like Raboya. <laughs> So it's not like you weren't vicious to him about Liverpool for 20 years or whatever. Yes. Yeah. A Liverpool fan I knew. I was friends with them at one stage. I, you know, I'm not proud about it, but it happens. <laughs> He's a lovely man. He um, he would occasionally come and watch United in the Stratford End. Like football. Funny thing. Yeah. You can see why anyway. one would like football watching this game. Yeah. Just uh, magnificent. Yeah. So just, I mean, it's like, it's why we miss football, this kind of thing, isn't it? You know, the the big games, the intensity of the occasion, the, how magnificent, how massive it feels. You know, in a, in a famous stadium, if not a great stadium, but against a great side, just those huge nights. I watched yesterday Dortmund versus... Schalke, I had meant to watch Union Berlin uh, Bayern today, didn't quite get around to it. Um, but it was so weird. You know, huge stadium, two good sides, I mean, very good Dortmund side. But with no fans there, it doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like football. I mean, it is football, obviously, because there's a ball and they're, you know, it's like playing a park game, but with really good players. In fact, they should have done I mean, that. They should have put these games on, not in massive stadiums, but in the park. And we might have felt, you know, differently about it. I don't know if I said this on the last show or I said it in a conversation with someone, but football is inherently meaningless. It is only imbued with meaning by people caring about it. And when the people caring about it aren't there, it significantly negatively impacts the experience. I mean, I didn't watch any of the Bundesliga games. I've got no interest. It hasn't given me any sense of joy that football's back or any sense of a return to normality because it feels like the furthest thing from it. But let's uh, not end on that note. Let's end on a note of sparkling nostalgia. Um, Alex Ferguson. I mean, yeah, talk about like um, myth, myth busting and revisiting the legend and all this kind of thing. Alex Ferguson is just... Just absolutely different gravy. The not just the imbuing of his teams with an insane capacity to win football matches. Not like he's not a tactical genius. He was he was smart tactically, and he was he would react to things, and he was fairly progressive. But but he's the greatest to ever do it by such a margin. It's not even funny. And and watching him be so relieved to get this final and knowing what was to come was actually quite emotional. Seeing how nervous he was at the beginning of this and thinking, don't worry, Fergie, your career is not going to end 
without you climbing the pinnacle that you deserve sure. to climb. And, look, and he wasn't, for all the trophies he won and the perception of his sort of hard exterior and, and you know, more than a perception, of course, it meant an awful lot to him. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why it meant an awful lot to his teams as well. You know, you, you no almost doubt. never get that sense from Mourinho. Now, maybe inside the sanctity of the dressing room, it's different with Mourinho. But he, he, he doesn't, he feels robotic in comparison. Well, you used to, you used to. But Inter in 2010 would live and die for Mourinho. So I think it's only really post-Madrid Mourinho that you haven't got that. Because Chelsea, yeah, yeah, Porto, got Inter, they all... Yeah, exactly. But, but Ferguson wasn't um, uh, until, you know, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo did him and decided to undo his gung-ho philosophy and, and start playing a tactical game, which, of course, you know, rewarded him with three finals in four years. So you, you can't say it didn't pay off. Um, just unfortunately met with one of the greatest sides ever. Otherwise, he'd have added to his European Cup trophy. And, and uh, you know, one of the things I think about... Um, how happy he was in this game and how gutted he was when United went out in his final season to, to Real Madrid, mm. right? And the regret yeah. he had over that ridiculous red card for, for Nani. He's just trying to control the ball and um, just insane. I mean, surely overturned by VAR today. Um, and But it just ruined the game for United and they couldn't adjust quick enough to... To be in 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 that um, to be in that game, and I don't know if United were good enough in that season to have gone on and won the trophy or not. But in that post match interview, go watch it again if you haven't seen it recently. He is gutted because he knows it's his last chance. Um, I've had several goes at ending this on a high note, and we've uh, we've had football deteriorates. There's no fans. Oh, Mourinho's players hate him. Oh, Fergie was happy then, but he ended up miserable. So I'm now going to stop trying to end it on a high note and just accept that we're ending it on a bummer. So sorry, everyone. (laughs) See you next week. All right. Um, Go watch this game if you haven't seen it already. It's well worth it. And uh, I'm hoping you enjoy these retro pods because they'll be coming to an end in in about three weeks' time where we'll be getting on to ghost games. Joy. (laughs) Yeah, so... no um, no podcast on uh, Friday, so our next one is next Monday because I'm having a week off. Um, and uh, we will, we'll, so we'll see you next Monday. Patreon backers, stay tuned for some big time Zinedine Zidane chat next. <laughs>